0: You are listening to the Feast Podcast from the Light of Jesus family. We share here significant and heartfelt messages for you to reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face your challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings. We're, we're going to tackle the Gospel of Mark. This is the first Gospel we're going to tackle. Last Sunday was just a general thing about, you know, an introduction to the whole series. Today we're going to work on Mark. Next week, Matthew. Next, next week. Luke. Next, next. Next week, John. And Mark, if you want to understand Mark, it's really about one question. Ask me what? Jesus asks, who do you say I am? At the middle of the whole Gospel, 16 chapters... And, and that's kind of like the whole theme. Mark's going to always ask, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? And verse 1, chapter 1, right off the bat, math, Mark says, this is who Jesus is for me. Let's go. Are you ready? Say, I'm ready. I'm ready. Here we go. Let's dive in. Mark chapter 1, verse 1 says, Mark says, this is who Jesus is for me. The beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah. Everybody say, The Messiah. That's why he's happy, Messiah. I I, I lack sleep. (laughs) I lack sleep. Just came from Kagan de Oro last night. Arrived at 10. no, No, that's not an excuse. Never mind. Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. And then this is what Mark does. He lets heaven, hell, and humanity answer the question: who is Jesus? Verse, one, verse, verse 11 of chapter 1, J- Jesus comes out of the water from baptism and then the Father speaks and says, You are my son whom I love with you. I am well pleased. So the Father says, You're my son. And then hell speaks because the demons that they're being driven out by Jesus, they speak out and they say, verse 24 chapter 1, what do you want of us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come? I should, I, should, I should have a little voice again. What do you want of us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us, precious, my precious? I know you are the Holy One of us. So even the demons are confessing who Jesus is. And then in the middle of the chapter, of, I'm sorry, of the book, chapter 8, Jesus asks the apostles, Let's read that. 27, 28, chapter 8. Who do people say I am? And they replied, Oh, some say John the Baptist. Others say you are Elijah. And and still others, one of the prophets. And then Jesus asks them, But who do you say? Who do you say I am? You you can't tell me what other people say. Your neighbors say, your friends say, your parents say. No, no, no. I want to know. Who do you say? Can you poke somebody in the shoulder and say, Who do you say is Jesus? You, 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 friends, everybody say, I'm listening. There's no such thing as second-hand faith. God has no grandchildren. He only has children. You, you can't say, well, my mom and my dad, they go to church and, and they, they're, they're Catholic and well... I'm I'm, I'm Catholic, and you know, they're they're very religious, so I kind of like grew into that. No, it's got to be personal. Everybody say personal. You've got to know Jesus and decide for yourself who Jesus is in your life. Do I hear a loud amen? amen? And then this is what happens. When, when when Jesus says, Who do you say I am? you know, forget what everybody says. Who do you say I am? I, I can imagine all the apostles gathered together, kind of like kind of like uh oh. And 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 you know, looking at one another. Come on, somebody speak, somebody speak, somebody speak, you know. There's this awkward silence. Jesus says, Who do you say I am? Um and, and if they were Filipinos they would be pointing with their lips to one another. You know, and, and, and finally, finally, the awkward silence was broken with a brave one. Peter, you know, steps in front and says, you are the Messiah. You know, and, 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 and you can just imagine like, ah, you know, it's like, but, and finally Jesus says, you know, and, and, and he agreed, and, and he, he commended Peter, and, and he said, this, this is, the, this is the, the amazing thing. It's like, it's like Peter got the correct answer. And he got an A plus. If he was a little kid, he had that purple purple star on the on, on, the, on the, the stamp on the hand. It's like it's like everybody, wow, he's summa cum laude. Like he got he got it. He got it right. He got it right, you know? And then and then Mark will show you that getting the right answer does not mean anything. Because right after, just right after you know, he gets the purple star on the hand, right after he gets the medal, you know, right after he gets an A+, plus, Jesus starts talking of his crucifixion. He says, let's read that, he, Jesus, then began to teach them the Son of Man was must suffer, and things to be rejected by the elders, and the chief priests, and the teachers, and he must be killed, killed, everybody say killed. And after three days, rise again. He spoke plainly about this. And Peter, he got cocky, you know, because he got the medal, he got the purple star on the hand, he got the A plus, he was summa cum laude. He said, <coughs> "What? What Jesus? What? You 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 gonna die? You get crucified? Hell, no, 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 no! Can't can't get do can't no." And and Jesus, you know what Jesus did? From, in 17 seconds, from star pupil, yeah, oh, boom, Peter's gone. The, 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 the most unpopular kid in the block. Because Jesus said, Satan. From star pupil to Satan. That's what Jesus said. He said, get behind me, Satan. You do not have in mind the concerns of God. But merely human concerns. Can I interpret this? May I? Jesus was telling Peter, you're like the devil. The devils that I, that, I, that I cast out, they know me. They confess who I am. But they're still the devil. You know Christ, but do you follow him? You, you, you know me, you got the correct answer a few seconds ago, but do you follow me? My dear friends, I have an announcement to make. Even if you know the correct answer, it means nothing if you don't follow Him. You may know who Christ is. You may know, you know the Trinity. And you may know the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You, you may know some stuff about religion. But do you follow Him? I want you to know this. That if you really, really, really know Him, You will give your life to Him and live for Him for the rest of your life. He will be the reason why you wake up in the morning. He will be the purpose of every breath. He will be the the thought in your mind and the love in your heart. He will be the song that you sing by day. He will be... My friends, please understand this. This is what it means to know Jesus. When you know Jesus, He's not something that you pray to when you have problems. He's not someone that you go to on a Sunday if you really, really Really know Jesus, you will live every breath of your soul to Him who is your King and your Lord. And and and, and uh, sorry for being so fired up, but and then and then Mark says, D- "Do you know why Peter himself could not grasp what what Messiah meant and what you see?" They wanted maybe maybe i 'll backtrack a bit let me let me just mark will will tell you who Jesus is, right there in chapter nine verse thirty five Jesus says, sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, "If anyone wants to be first, he must be can, can you read all everybody if anyone wants to be first, he must be the very last and the servant of all and then chapter ten verse forty four he says this. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served together, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom. Who is Jesus? Messiah. Who is Jesus? Servant. Who is Jesus? The guy who will die on the cross. Who is Jesus? Peter said, no, no, no. All the apostles said, no, no. Why? Ask me why. They did not see the Messiah as a servant. They saw a Messiah as a military Messiah. You see, at that time, the Israelites were under foreign oppression. The Romans, they were part of the Roman Empire. They were conquered by the Roman Empire. And so they were praying for a military Messiah, Jesus, to be Dwayne Johnson, bulky, you know, who would ram against the armies of the Roman Empire, who will lead an army of Jews, of Israelites, who would destroy, who would destroy the 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 foreign oppression. That's what they wanted. In fact, now this isn't very pure. You know, some people, You know, it's like like you know, Lord God. You know, please destroy the foreign army. And, and wow, that, that's so noble to be so nationalistic. Well, yes, but it's not that pure. Ask me why. Because you read in chapter ten, Gospel of Mark, that they were debating on who will be the greatest among them. You see. This was the idea. Jesus would become president of this new country that they will establish once they kick out the Romans. And so if Jesus was president, then then Peter would be vice president. And then James will be secretary of justice. And John will be secretary of of, of education. And Judas will be secretary of finance. Am I I speaking to somebody here? Now, Now they had plans. Everybody say plans. They had plans for their life. They wanted to be this. But God says, I have bigger plans for you. And, and, and how could it be bigger when our Messiah will die on the cross? What will happen to me? I thought I was going to be secretary of defense. And Matthew said, I thought I will be in charge of BIR. And then you're telling us that you're going to die on the cross. How can that be a bigger plan? You see, the, their plan was small. You see, when, when your plan is selfish, it's small. You understand what I'm saying? Everybody says selfish plans are small. We settle for small. We settle for small because we're thinking of ourselves. They wanted... A military messiah to liberate first century Jews from the Romans. God's plan was to liberate all of humanity in every tribe, country, and nation from beginning till end, past, present, and future. There's a bigger plan. And what I want you to consider now, everybody say, I'm listening. That whatever plan you have in your life, God has a bigger plan. And, and whatever small plan you have, you've got to accept it's small. Because if you don't, you're going to have wrong expectations when your prayers aren't answered. God sometimes doesn't answer your prayer because He has a bigger plan. Are you with me on this? And I was talking to a young guy after the talk, uh, He he was very brave. He said, Brother Bo, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God. And I said, why? And he told me why. Young fellow. He said, I prayed to God that my girlfriend and I would get back together and it didn't happen. So I don't believe in God. You know, I, I, my reaction was like your reaction right now. I, I wanted to... <laughs> but I bit my lip because that's his reality. And I know love love, love problems are painful. So I, I bit my lip and I, I just told him this. God is more than a vendo machine. Some people think that God is a vendo machine. You need something, drop prayers, and you... Get what you want. My dear friends, it's, it's exactly like the audience of Mark. Mark was speaking to a group of Christians who were being persecuted. And there, some were being brought to prison and, and some were being punished and some were being put to death. And I'm sure some of them were asking, Where's God and all this? Why are we being persecuted? Isn't He gonna defend us? And the answer was, God has a bigger plan. I'm doing something. You don't see it, but I'm doing something. And in our lives, there are times in our lives we don't see the answer to our prayer because we're praying for the wrong thing, that God is doing something far bigger. The reason why we're praying for that small thing is because we do not see the big thing that God is doing. And what happens is in our selfishness, in our small-minded thinking, Maybe, maybe it'll be better if I, if I illustrate this to you with one conversation I had with another teenager. He came up to me after one of my talks and he said, Brother Bo, I have an ambition. I want to be a millionaire. Is that too big a dream? And I looked at him, I smiled, I said, That's it? Millionaire? And he said, Oh, okay. okay. Multimillionaire. I want to be a multimillionaire. Is that Okay. And I said, that's it? Multimillionaire? And at that point he got lost. He's he, like totally lost. He said, billionaire? Isn't that too big? And I, this is my answer to him. I looked him straight in the eye and I said, look around you. There's so much poverty in this world. There's so much hunger in this world. And you're going to think about yourself. It's not enough to be a millionaire. If you're going to go into the world of money, you've got to be a millionaire maker. The way you clap your hands is revealing to me that you don't know what you're talking <laughs> My dear friends, can I speak to you heart to heart? God's our, our plans are so small because we think of ourselves only. That's all. But the moment you, you know, I had a con- beautiful conversation yesterday with two young women. Search my IG, ser- search my Facebook. I posted the photo there. I was in the airport in Cagayan de Oro last night, and I bumped into two young women. Did, did, ne- never met them, you know, Joan and Terry. And then they, they they say, "Brother Bo, you know, and we attend the feast in Makati Salcedo." And 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 I said, "Wow, that's fantastic! What are you doing here in Mindanao?" And and they said, "You know, with, with other friends from the f- feast and with the support of our feast builder John Silan, we we started a ministry. We built a library." filled with books and six laptops in a very poor school in Marawi. And I was just, what? You did that? And, and these, these women, they told me, Brother Bo, that's what happens when you attend the feast. You, you, you just... At a certain point, you realize... That you're so into you and into your problems. You're so self-absorbed. And then, and then the feast gradually pulls you out of that and says, No, you're made for bigger things. You're not just for yourself. You're not just for your selfish dreams. God has bigger plans for you. Two young women donating a library, raising money so that they could, they could help. A poor school in far away, war-torn Marawi. That's what happens when you attend the feast. I want to warn you, a day will come. You will start thinking less of yourself and start thinking more of what God can do in your life for others. And I want to say this, God just doesn't want to bless you. I'm sorry. I hope... I hope you won't be so disappointed by that. God doesn't just want to bless you. He wants to bless the world through you. That's His plan. And can I invite you to stand up? I, I want to I wanna share one last story with you. Audie was right. Make your home your church. Make your home a church. Gather people there. That's what happened to me. I was 14 years old when the Light of Jesus family was born. The first feast was held in my garage. In our little garage. We didn't call it feast at that time, just a prayer meeting. But, but you know when you, when you open a prayer meeting in your home, and, and that's what I'm encouraging all of you to do. You know, think about it. Start a light group in your home. Start a feast video or feast light in your home. Gather five people, 10 people. But I'm just going to warn you, when you do that, it's dangerous. All sorts of weird people walk in. Really? Oh, in, in, in our life, so many people went into our home, you know, thieves and scammers, and we had a drunk person who came to our prayer meeting every week, drunk. Oh we welcomed him. He was there. The, 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 the crazy part was that he would prophesy. You know, we, we had those old-style old, old style prayer meetings where everybody's quiet, and then somebody says, my children, I love you, you know, and, and we're so inspired. He, he likes doing that, this drunk guy. He, he stands up and he says, my people, I am your Lord. I declare, all your sins are forgiven. You know, I was looking around, and people were being touched. You know, it's like, oh, tears rolling down their cheeks. And I declare, I am your God and your sins are forgiven. I forgive you of your sins. And then he says this, I forgive you of all your sins, including mine. The tears, you know, went back. What's this guy? Oh, he's just drunk. Oh, he's the drunk guy. Okay. You know. So we, we, had, we had crazy creatures walking into our home. You know what? It was okay. Ask me why. Because the most wonderful, phenomenal human beings walked in as well. And, and for the past 38 years, we've been so blessed with so many beautiful, wonderful people. One of them happened in 1982. Light of Jesus was just two years old. We were still meeting in that garage. There was a 57-year-old woman walking on the street of our house. She heard beautiful music, walked in, never left. Never left. Her name is Tita Nenning. You know, some angels don't have wings. She was one of them. She was a five foot, 220 pound, silver haired, happily single woman who would always give happiness to people. I remember I was 14 years old and even if I was very young, people respected me because I was their leader. You know, I was the guy who preached. Even I was so young. You know, when I enter the room, people will greet me. But when Tita Neneng enters the room, they would worship her. Ask me why. Because she would bring puto, dinuguan, pansit. Ask me why. She owned the canteen. That was her business. She was an entrepreneur. She owned the container, and every time we have a meeting, she'll bring all this food, and, and you know, we, we loved her. When I was 18 years old, I was blown away. She, she taught me a beautiful gift. When I was 18, um, I was praying for a car, and after one prayer meeting, she came up to me with a thick envelope, put it in my hand, and said, for your car, Brother Bo. I counted 50,000 pesos happened in 1982 when 50000 was 50000 And I just said, how in the world can this... I know she's an entrepreneur, I mean, and, but still, she wasn't swimming in money. 50000 was was a big chunk of her wealth. I, 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 I walked up to her and I said, Tita Nenning, I can't accept this. I'll turn this over to the community. I think the community, Light of Jesus, needs a, it needs a van more than my personal car. And she said, it's up to you what you want to do. I'm giving it. I did not accept her money. But I accepted her love. And she taught me to be generous from the very start. I was, 14, I was, I was 18 years old at that time. And, and I just realized, man, I want to be like this woman. I really want to be like this woman. And she continued to serve and serve. At the age of 69, sad news. I received a phone call. Tita Neneng had a massive heart attack and it killed her. But for a few seconds, she was revived. I visited her in the hospital and she was lying down in bed and I said Tita Neneng praise God you're alive and she said this. Brother Bo, binigyan ako ng ano? Pill, linigis ng dila ko. 50,000 Sayang "Naman ako She was saying to, to the non filipinos She was saying that she received a bill of fifty thousand and that she, she was revived because she she, she found out the, about the price. But then she said, the next line she said blew me away. She said, "Brother Bo, I, I want to serve in Anoim," and and I said, "Yes, of course you can visit Anoim." For those of you who don't know, Anoim is our home for the elderly where we pick up old people from the streets and give them a home. And she said she wants to serve in Anoim, And I said, yeah, uh, you can visit. She said, no, I want to live there. And that's what she did. She lived in Anoim for the rest of her life, cooking breakfast, lunch, and dinner for the old people. I visited her one time. And, I, and she told me this she said Brother Bo I'm, I'm so happy here I'm so happy here I, I can die anytime I just want to serve the Lord for until my last breath God heard her prayer she served until the age of 83 my dear friends Tita Nenning. she won't settle for small plans she only wants God's bigger plan for her life I, I, I'm entrepreneur Earning money, giving giving a lot away, serving the poor, that's what you call big plan. Sure, earn as much as you can. Please. But please understand, that money is not yours. God has big plans for you. God has big plans for your future. Can I invite you to pray? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, put your hand over your chest. Just say this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for loving me and for the bigger plan that you have for my life. I say yes to your big plan. I want to follow you all the days of my life. Jesus, come. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Light of Jesus family. For more messages like these, please visit lightfam.com slash podcasts.